Hail. Welcome to Owen's Alchemy. So tonight we're uh, trying a little different format and uh, we're doing a little different thing. I haven't uh, done a live Q&A for a while, so we're going to split uh, the episode up into a half and half and we're doing half pre-recorded and when the after the pre-record gets done, we're all going to go ahead and jump over to Rockfin and we're going to do a Q- uh, Q&A on that. And I expect that to be kind of hot because the subject matter that I want to go over tonight is a bit touchy. Um, so <clears throat> a lot of the people I associate with and uh, a lot of people in the community have fully uh, jumped over onto terrain theory. And while I most, I believe terrain theory answers most things. Um that 95% of the time that you're keeping your body in good health is going to be the answer to things. But there's situations and things that train theory don't answer. And uh, we've got to account for that also. And this isn't something that I need a doctor to tell me. This is something that I've seen with my own eyes. This that we've all experienced or known somebody that experienced um, just because they haven't isolated a virus and because what they are claiming is nonsense, that doesn't mean you jump completely over on the other side to nonsense. Um, So I respect a lot of the people that are in the field. So I've kept very quiet about this um, and I still respect them. 100%. 100%. Just because I don't agree with everything you say doesn't mean that I don't respect don't respect what you're saying and don't agree with a lot. Um, but I was directly asked uh, my opinion on this. And because my opinion goes against the main narrative um, that's been being kept, actually, I got shut down in our community on that. And uh, so I feel like I need to bring this forward. And I also feel like this has just kind of evolved into such a cult-like thing where the, the one really big key component in the train theory that I'm having an issue with is that they say that there's no such thing as human to human transmission of anything. And we've all went to high school. We've all been around people that had different sexual, sexual exploits or had them ourselves. We all understand that there is a whole series of STDs that absolutely are passed human to human. What the mechanism or what exactly is getting passed, I don't know. But I do know, and I don't need a doctor, and I understand that they have never isolated a virus, things like that. But I do know that if I go have sex with a girl with herpes, I have a chance of getting herpes. If I don't do that, I will never get herpes. That I can literally eat out of the same, off the same plate as a a girl with herpes is eating. I could drink out of the same cup. I can shower in the same shower. I can do all those things, take in the same food, live in the exact same environment. And I will never get genital herpes unless I have sex with somebody with genital genital herpes. And this applies for a whole number of STDs. 
there is no real good answer for that. Um, I can think of a number of things that could very possibly have some kind of a credence, but I, but it's just complete speculation there. There's nothing behind it. Um, now, one of the things that immediately got thrown at me when I was saying that was, uh, if, if that works for one person, it should work for everybody. Why doesn't everybody get an STD from somebody that sleeps with an STD? Well, the, when you don't understand something on the level that you're on, you move it to another level. And most of these things seem to be somewhat parasitical in nature. And when you go back and you look at other types of parasites, well, ones that we can see and understand, like lice, in a class of 30 kids, 20 of them will get lice and they'll shut down the whole class and everybody will get home. Well, why didn't the other 10 kids get lice? And this is something we're going to talk about here in just a little bit because, again, we just take things to other levels and then we can start gaining some kind of an understanding. So just because their story is not a good story and what they're saying is nonsense, that doesn't mean that we should jump to the exact opposite page and act like that's the answer also. Uh, this is something I experienced a lot. Uh, you see with uh, new pagans and heathens where they uh, are breaking out of a Christian uh, home a lot of times. And because of that, they end up turning paganism or heathenism into an anti-Christian thing. And they let the church and the things the church has to say dictate their actions. And if you're truly not with the church or with that religion at all, why are you still letting them dictate your actions, even if it's from the other side? That that's just insanity. To truly to truly uh, be free of it, you go and make your own determinations that have nothing to do with what that church, with what that religion or that church says. You just decide I'm going to make my own determinations. Or if you're switching over to a different religion, faith, let them make their own off of their own cosmology that has nothing to do with this. <clears throat> and that's what I'm trying to do with this. Just because science says it, this is the mechanism and you don't agree with that, well, that doesn't mean that there's no such thing as human-to-human -human transmission, animal-to-animal -animal transmission, uh, things like that you won't convince a single farmer or rancher on the planet that there's no such thing as transmission between animals. They, they'll look at you like you're absolutely crazy. Um, and then to try and say that it was the train of the sick animal that you brought into a completely healthy herd and now this healthy herd is sick and not to understand that there was something transmitted, um, something. I'm not saying I understand what was transmitted, but I can see the results of whatever was transmitted uh, by the sickness that they display. And I can say that I don't want my cows to get that. Now, once again, this isn't to say that train theory doesn't have some validity. There is a reason that most of us get sick at the same times of the year. There's a couple times of the year that we do take in a toxin overload. And you definitely are detoxing, and that's definitely an uncomfortable process. But then at the same time, it's also reasonable to suspect that while you're in this weakened detoxing state, 
that you're more susceptible to other things that might come in like parasites and ones that wouldn't have had any kind of efficacy on your body um, because you were your defenses were in place because you're in this weakened state. Now those things can get to you. Uh, no different than if you just gave blood and you go out and you try and run a mile and you're just going to pass out and get all kinds of sick where normally you could have ran a mile with ease. Well, that's because you're now in this weakened state. Your body's not capable of doing what it, what it normally would do. So do I believe that most people probably are just doing a detox, but then also some people are passing around some type of most likely a parasite, <clears throat> which is why we're seeing anti-parasitic things work on it so well. And one of the problems I'm really having with this is, is because of the terrain theory and how adamant and cult-like people have gotten with this, you can't transmit anything, everything's coming from inside your body. Um, we can't have the talk. That includes if uh, ivermectin is having an effect on this, well, then also other things, natural anti-parasitic things should also have some type of an effect on it. So now we're talking about your turpentine, your black walnut oil, your things like that, that are going to get rid of these parasites. And we should be doing that in a more natural way than running to the uh, tractor supply and grabbing ivermectin. Uh, but because we aren't talking about that, that information is just not getting out to the community at all. And that, that bothers me a lot. So since we can't trust science that we're being presented with, again, the way I do things is, and as an alchemist, we go as above, so below. And one of the things I like to use the most then is plant alchemy. Because it, when you break things down, plants are fairly easy to understand. Now, as far as terrain theory goes, that's going to cover 95% of the life of the plant. Once again, just like I'm saying it does with a human. 95% <clears throat> of the time, if you give that plant the proper amount of sun, the proper amount of shade, the proper amount of uh, uh, moisture. So that way the roots are aerated and not too soggy, not too dry. You have the proper nutrient load in there and the plant is able to uptake this nutrient load. This plant is gonna be in extreme health. It's gonna grow vigorously, assuming that the genetics were good in the plant. Um, it's going to grow vigorously. It's going to do very well. Now, with that said, there are a few other things that can come in, like uh, aphids, uh, spider mites, um, that will go from plant to plant. And if I bring a spider mite covered plant into my garden, I'm going to get spider mites all over the garden. But uh, a greater understanding is is there is almost no such thing as a garden without spider mites. Um, no such thing as a garden where you don't get some aphids, uh, where you don't get some kind of a predators. 
Yeah, that's one of the, the other distressing things with uh, the way the world's trying to get is is thinking that everything's perfect. Well, it's not, and humans really do thrive off of uh, uh, off of challenge. If you do not take and challenge your muscles and your body on a daily basis, it starts atrophying and shrinks up and becomes less useful. Your joints literally will start seizing up. And your body on the flip side, uh, you see some of these 50 and 60 year old people with back problems, things like that, start doing yoga and moving their body and stretching it out and getting it going again. And their body all of a sudden just takes right to it. Um, you lift weights. The more you stress your body, the, the stronger it gets, the better it gets. Now, there is definitely a point of overload on that. But the fact is, is in general... Uh, the human body is meant to be stressed and these plants also are meant to be stressed. If you grow indoors in uh, hydroponic and set, set this plant in these really super, super uh, perfect conditions, the plants typically are very weak. They're very pretty, but they're a very weak plant and anything that does happen to them, because we don't live in a bubble and I thought we're the freedom community. Like, uh, I don't want to live in a bubble. That would be horrifying. Uh, I want to be the bird that's not scared to be on the branch. Not because the bird trusts the branch, but the bird trusts that it's going to fly away if something happens with that branch. And I can fly. I'll just leave. This isn't a problem. The bird's not worried. And that's what I would rather be, is able to fly when there's something, when there's a problem not to try and create this world where there is no stress or uh, issues, but a world where I am capable enough to deal with all of it and thrive through it and many times become stronger because of it. That's the world that we're talking about. And absolutely, there's going to be people that break and sometimes things are too much. But what is always too much is letting your system atrophy, sitting in a bubble, basically trying to be the pod in the matrix, trying to be that person in the pod who never truly is in any danger, always has perfect nutrition, always has perfect health. That, that's a miserable, miserable life in that pod. Um, it's no life at all. So back to plants. When we look at plants then, they have larger parasites and then they have smaller parasites. Now, with a plant, the soil is going to be what you can compare to your stomach. That's where the probiotics of the soil are, where the things that are breaking down the plant food so the plant is able to uptake its nutrients. That's all happening in the soil in and of itself. And so when you start looking at soil and really researching it. And one of the people that I would like to try and get on this coming year at some point is Elaine Ingram. And I've taken her classes and uh, taken a permaculture class with uh, Matt Powers, who they're associated and whatnot. Um, but she teaches a uh, micro uh, microscope class for soil biology. There you learn about things like 
beneficial bacteria and predatory bacteria, nematodes, all these different things. And understand, then you start to come to an understanding that even the predatory bacteria, there's only some that are truly just outright destructive. Because the way the plant biome then works is those predatory bacteria many times are just going to basically act as a cleanup. And they're going to clean up the garbage that uh, is there, the dead cellular material, the things that the, are not serving the plant anymore. And by getting that off and away from the plant, the plant's able to regrow it. The plant's able to take in the nutrients better, things like that. Very similar to like an exfoliation or uh, like them little uh, fish that live on sharks and things and eat the crap off the sides of their skin and whatnot. Um, so it's, but if that comes into an imbalance, then uh, those bacteria will start taking things over. And then we have a problem, which again, terrain theory, keeping all them things in balance and keeping a good health, that's the vast majority of the game. Now, the other thing that when a plant is in really good health, you're going to notice is when predators do come in, that the plant does have defense. The plants give off different scents, uh, oils, things like that, that they put out in defense of a predatory attack. Now, when you look at predators in general, Predators tend to basically behave in the same way. Um, and a predator doesn't go after something that wants to fight. Something that's ready to fight. Uh, predators are always bullies. Uh, they want the weak prey. Um, even when you look at it from like a mountain lion perspective, that mountain lion, if you happen to hurt it, even, even mildly where it still wins the fight, but it carries back an injury. Now that mountain lion is the prey because now it is basically put out an injured signal and now other predators are going to come after it knowing that it's in a weakened state and it's susceptible to uh, disease, things like that, gangrene. Um, it doesn't want that. It would much rather just go after something that's not going to fight back. That's much easier. And all natural predators are going to be the same way. So when you look at the plants, the plants then in your garden that are thriving the best and living the best conditions, them typically are not the ones the predators attack, even with predators that you can see with like spider mites. You're going to notice that the spider mites are going to mostly congregate on the weaker than plants, plants with some kind of a problem. They, they're still going to go after the normal plants, but they're only a few spider mites are going to bother it. And it typically is not enough to bother the plant through its life cycle then. And the plant can live no problem with a few of those. Where the weakened plants, the ones that had an initial problem where their terrain was bad, those ones, the predators just mob and they will massacre that poor plant. So that takes us back to the lice thing. Some people in the class, even when they have hair and they could be doing things that all the other kids are doing and they won't get the lice. Um, and then there's some kids that like, 
you swear to God that there you we've all known some kid or somebody somebody had a kid that if you say lice, all of a sudden that kid has lice. Like they just immediately go right to that kid. Um, obviously, I don't have this issue. With, um, I didn't when I was younger either. Uh, when I did have hair, never have had lice. So for whatever reason, they didn't like me. Uh, but again, that's going to be, I think, similar to uh, the plant cycles, where if the plant has a really, really healthy terrain, when those predatory things come or the nasty bacterias that do cause problems come, because that plant was in such a thriving health, those things it's able to deal with and fight off. Although sometimes not sometimes no matter what you need to go in and get rid of them predators or else it's going to be a problem and the same thing can apply to bacteria all kinds of things it's very interesting that uh so many of the people in the truth world will scream about the tuskegee experiment which was syphilis a direct std that left untreated according to the tuskegee experiment doesn't go away um and there's a number of things like that to hold both thoughts at the same time is just a very strange thing. And uh, it's just not thinking it all the way through, which, like I said, again, this is not me jumping on board with virus theory or saying viruses are, are this huge deal. Um, I'm very on board with the, the human body is meant to be stressed. And some of those stresses are going to be external and some of those stresses are going to be internal. And if I go out and lift weights every day, I'm going to grow bigger muscles. If my body is taking in stresses from external things and fighting them off, my body is going to be more prepared to fight off different things. And this, which also then includes every weightlifter has to provide all the fuel that they need. Well, you're going to need to provide the mineral components to keep your body and your health overall in general up. Um, so one of the things I do really appreciate and like looking at is the German new medicine, where uh, this has all got a very electrical component to it. So if you're at this zero state, something that's a plus one or a minus one has no real interest in you. You're at the zero state. You, now, if you have that lack, now you're imbalanced and now something can slip in and fill in that void. Or even on the flip side, I think if you have too much, if you're living in this glut, this is part of why a lot of times I think uh, fasting does so good. I think a lot of us, especially in today's age, we eat like kings. We live like kings. We, we every day get spices from every country all around the world that most people 200 years ago would have been lucky if they tasted once. I think that sometimes an overindulgence of the system uh, also causes issues and things are able to come in then and that will draw predators. Um, no different than anything else. So... When you're at that zero point, you're not really a susceptible to either side. Uh, I really like that. And also then we would understand that if so much of this is truly energetic, that the replication process requires the host 
And there might be elements in that replication process that we don't understand at all. There are other things on the earth that grow, like there's a this mushroom in Tibet that uh, is a fungus that gets laid in the brain of a worm and uh, grows out as a fungus and supposed to have all kinds of magical properties worth just insane amounts of money, uh, more than any drugs, uh, recreational drugs. So this has never been able to be regrown in a lab. Now, why? Because there's obviously some variable that we don't understand in that process. And we haven't actually, for as much as we think that we've made the conditions that it replicates or thrives in, we truly have not. There's some component in there that we don't understand. And <clears throat> that's easy enough to see because they can't replicate it. That's the thing in alchemist. <laughs> another thing as an alchemist, we do deal with the things that we can't see. And the way that we understand them is by what they're, what they're, they're fruits. So what is it doing? What is it causing? That's going to say a lot about it. Even if I cannot look under a electron microscope and say, oh, well, this here bugger right here, this is the, this is the beast. I can, I can look at what kind of things that it's doing. And then there's things uh, historically that have made things like that better. And I can apply those and see if those make it better. And if they do, I can continue with that. So not being able to just put my eyes on something doesn't mean that I can't take and extrapolate data and start coming up with some kind of a position. So again, not being able to have seen a virus or they haven't replicated or their story's bad or maybe viruses don't exist, but there's something there, something happening. And there's not been a good answer for it. Um, I would very much like to see a good answer. And, but for me, at the end of the day, it's kind of a, a, a merging of the two where I believe that 95% of the fight is keeping your body in good health. And if your body's in good health, it's going to thrive. And if there is a predatory attack, those predators are going to have a hard time getting to you. But there is also predators out there that are going to try and get at you and your system and eat off of you in some way, shape, or form. And some of those, your body's able to fight. And some of those, you do need some help. And this is where plant alchemy comes in. And I am absolutely a believer in that everything on earth that has a problem, the earth also provides an answer. I don't need to go to these uh, men in white coats. And at the end of this, I also want to say that about the men in white coats and Again, the cult-like following that this seems to have taken in this life where we can't even have this discussion in our community and we can't question this. Um, oh, that puts us right back at guru status, doesn't it? And never, ever, when you follow that guru path, is it ever going to lead to good places? Every guru is going to let you down. Don't make anybody your guru. Don't make me your guru. I'll let you down. 
I do things and think things that you don't like, and I'm going to lose a lot of friends over this. Um, I sure hope that I don't, but I know that there's, it's already been spoken out against and people have already gotten pretty angry and I'm going to have to stand in my truth over it. And, uh, because I'm not going to follow with this, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but if it does make sense to you and that's okay, I'm not critical. Like Amanda Vollmer, I just absolutely love and respect. And I think she's absolutely brilliant. And, um, she is very much into terrain theory. And I just think that there's some things that it does not answer. And that doesn't mean that I don't have all the respect in the world for her and don't find the vast, don't agree with vast, the vast majority of what she says. Um, but as soon as you put somebody on this infallible level where their answer is unquestionable, it's always going to become a problem because we should always be evolving, always learning. Myself, I have a video on my channel that says masculine sun, feminine moon. I have, I leave that there specifically because given new information, I will change positions. And maybe someday somebody will come up with something and with some very understandable proof that I can grasp, I can do in my lab, things like that, that absolutely all of this is coming from inside your body. And that this mechanism that we're obviously seeing is some trick and that there's some other thing at play. Excellent. Then I will change my answer. But up until that point, I'm going to go with what I can see and what I can understand and what human history has experienced. Um, what one of the people that I talked, one of the people that came at me right away and I talked to said that they believe that this was all vaccine injuries. Well, the first vaccine was the uh, smallpox vaccine, which was invented in the 1790s. Um, in the 1600s, there was a giant outbreak of uh, syphilis in uh, England. And uh, Jared looked up in the 1400s, 1490s, I believe he said. Uh, there was one in France. Again, I'm going to go with that and understanding that. And also, at the same time, I'm going to take in all the good information I can and understand that all these things that I could do for my body, all the minerals that, and the different treatments and different uh, things like uh, taking in the hydrogen from George Weissman's machine and making sure that I'm able to actually process these minerals and that my body's hydrogenated. And then taking in these excellent minerals like Clive DeCaro provides and these other different treatments and the DMSO that Amanda talks about that allows these things to actually soak into the system and be bioavailable. All, what, and, oh, yes, and Benna. And Benna talks about like zeolite, which is one of the things that sucks out some of the nasty things that uh, uh, have been loaded up into your system, which Benna uh, talked to me about, which uh, this is part of why we weren't on today. I was supposed to have Matt Belair on uh, on Monday and was supposed to record, but I got poison oak so bad my uh, eyes swelled almost shut and I couldn't see and my ears were all swelled up, my whole face. And, uh, that was just nasty. 
but the zeolite's supposed to help pull those toxins out of the system. Um, so absolutely, I was a toxin overload that it happened, which again, I absolutely agree with and believe. And keeping your body in that prime thriving condition is going to be 95% of the battle. But once again, for me, there's going to be 5% where your body is going to need to put up a fight because predatory things are going to come in and try and get at your body. And when it's in that prime condition, you're going to be like Rocky Balboa and you're just going to knock it out. No problem. Uh, if you're not in that prime condition, those predatory things are going to get in and they're going to get at you real easy and have a real effect. Uh, <clears throat> so I think that's about it for that. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump off of uh, YouTube because we're going to go ahead and answer everybody's questions on this. And I realize that that could get a little, little hairy. So we're going to go ahead and go over to Rockfin. If you want to leave comments, you're going to have to uh, sign up, which does not require the $9.99 a month. That's only for accessing premium content, and this will not be premium content. Uh, so if you need to come over and leave, leave a comment with the rest of us and join in on the chat and try and have, hopefully, a reasonable adult discussion about this, then absolutely, please come on over. Um, and just feel free to sign up. It was no different than when you signed up for YouTube. And you can access all the content that is not premium, which is a, a ton of content on the site. If people want to pay the $9.99 underneath me to uh, get the premium content, I absolutely appreciate that. Um, that's one of the things that we're going to bring up is the comments and things like that. Um, and things that get left by that uh, on the question and answer. But uh, So we'll go through a few things like, like that. And then Jared wanted to bring in also talking about uh, winterizing the crops, um, starting to get things ready, trying to get ready uh, through the end of winter and the beginning of spring and trying to keep that biome going. So we're going to try and uh, bring that in there and a few other odds and ends, things that I've been working on. Again, question and answer. So we're going to try to freewheel it. But uh, everybody come on over to Rockfin. Feel free to join us. Come have a gas. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks.